When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by WaitingForNextYear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and Todd at TD Guardians KU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. The roller coaster ride that is the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Another Monday edition, everybody, of the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. We're waiting for nextyear.com on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Matt and Todd uh, with you. Thanks to our sponsors, the Center for Advanced Dentistry, and also BreakingTea.com. New t-shirts at BreakingTea.com slash dairy, including the King Quan t-shirt. Get it now at BreakingTea.com slash dairy. Guardians uh, stay at home now for the next four games of the White Sox in, but this past weekend, a, an utter disaster. They've won two straight, or they lose two straight to start the year, then they win four in a row, and now the oh-so-streaky Guardians lose three straight to the Giants. They get swept over the weekend. And, Todd, uh, the defense needs work, uh, to say the least. I mean, we could start there and about 10,000 other places, but when you can't turn a double play like ever, you're not going to win a lot of baseball games. We could use uh, Texas Tech head coach Mark Adams to, uh, you know, work on the defensive strategy here. Oh, no, man. In all, yeah, I mean, you you said it best over the weekend in, in our text thread with uh, the executive producer, Jeremy, which was, you know, if, if this team, the margin for error with this team, it's just not there. So pitching and defense is the utmost importance. And run prevention, as you said, is the most important thing. And we watched a team this weekend, and I'll – let you expound because it's really your thought more than mine but run prevention is the most important thing and the Giants put on an absolute clinic in run prevention this weekend they do I mean they know how to pitch um their pitching coach Andrew Bailey the former closer of the A's who took over a couple of years ago when Gabe Kapler got the job I don't know what he does but he takes these guys that have been middling pitchers like a Kevin Gossman last year D. Sclafani uh, Alex Wood, and he turns these guys into really good starters that just throw strikes. Their bullpen has a, has a bunch of guys there that have been around, Jake McGee and others, who just get outs, and the Giants catch everything. You look at their lineup and go, how are they 7-2, and 8-2 and two out of the gate with Mike Estremski and Brandon Belt and Tyro Estrada and Wilmer Flores? These are not at Kurt Casale yesterday. They don't have Buster Posey or Barry Bonds anymore, yet they just win. And they don't make mistakes. And all weekend, the, the, the all the tribe did was make tons of mistakes, especially defensively. Guardians, Guardians excuse me. And uh, and it cost them. It's not like the pitchers were horrible. I mean, yesterday Anthony Castro came in and uh, he 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 looked like a bullpen from hell guy. But other than that, I mean, when you can't turn a double play all weekend, when Jose Ramirez on Friday night on a Routine grounder throws the ball into the camera well just because, I don't know if it slipped out of his hands or what, and that cost you the game. That, that that was it. I mean, it wasn't like the Giants socked 15 homers and 
we lost games 10 to 8. They just they caught the ball and they pitched and we didn't. You know, you you bring that up and it's so true. You you can pinpoint basically in each of the losses save for Sunday's blowout. If the Guardians caught the ball and turned double plays and made the plays they were supposed to make, you could argue that of those four losses, you know, two of them at a minimum could have gone the other way. I mean, you look at the, the what was it, the Saturday night game, late, late in the game, it was the uh, Bobby Bradley got the, you know, oh no, no, Bobby Bradley was yesterday. This was the double play ball that uh, Ernie Rosario tried to turn yes. with Ernie Clement, but who is not a natural first baseman. Was playing first base. And Owen Miller, yeah, Miller, Miller, yes, yeah. correct. I said Owen Miller, didn't I? Yeah, it, it okay, cut, yeah. it cut, you it cut out. Sorry, so I got yeah. you, I got you. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm on the road here driving. So, you know, that was a huge turning point in that game, and also a huge turning point in that game. Tito, uh, in the, I believe it was the fifth inning, Cal Quantrill had loaded the bases, but there was two outs, and Brandon Belt, who is one of the, you know, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford have been there forever and a couple professional hitters, and Tito went to Logan Allen, of all people, with yeah. the bases loaded, which yeah. I thought was very strange. And I was very interested to see how that was going to turn out. And it turned out exactly how I thought it would, which was Brandon Bell hitting a two-run single. You know, if, it, it, But again, it comes to they're playing the kids, they're trying to learn and see if someone can handle a role like that. Whether you go to Sam Hentges, who's at least been a reliever, uh, you know, last season, or you end up going to Logan Allen or, you know, Anthony Ghost in that spot even. You know, that was a big spot in the game, and you probably wanted to get your best guy in there. But just, you know, it's early in the season. Tito's like, yeah, you know, why not? Let's see if Logan Allen can do the job. Well, obviously he did not. But it comes back to the pitching and defense has to carry this team because the offense, as we've seen, it's going to be extremely streaky. I mean, streaky is crazy. I mean, if we would have recorded this show uh, after Tuesday, or excuse me, after uh, a Wednesday, we would have been like, yeah. Ooh, I mean, we would have been part. It was party time, four and two, feeling good. And again, when you play Kansas City and the Reds, you got to beat those teams. Those are bad teams. The, the Royals are worse than I thought already. Um, that pitching staff is just atrocious. I mean, and the off their offense isn't great either. I mean, they've got some good names. You look at the lineup and go, oh my! And, and Salvi Perez is off to a really slow start, so that doesn't help. But because uh, I caught them against some of the unnamed team over the weekend, but um, you've got to beat the Reds and the Royals, and then to come home and and have, there's a little bit bit of a buzz about the team. The Ramirez signing, the press conference last week. Yes, Paul Dolan actually there. Uh, uh, taking the busting out the pen to sign the contract in front of Jose, uh, it was a feel good situation. And then the team scores four runs all weekend after scoring forty seven runs the last four games or whatever it was. It's a little talk about streaky. I mean, my gosh, every stat uh, on on uh, Bally Sports Ohio on the Al TV network was um, you know. Owen Miller leads the league in extra base hits. Jose Ramirez is second. Like the Indians have scored, the Guardians have scored the most runs in baseball. It was great, and then and then the weekend was just a shit show. I mean, it was terrible. And I, I'm if they're not going to hit and they're going to win some games three two and two one, I'm fine with it as long as you catch the ball. But I've been preaching for two years that the shortstop is not a shortstop, and if he doesn't hit, he's useless. 
the second base, uh, you've had Clement at second, Jimenez at second, Miller at second, and Chang at second. In a week and a half, you've had four different second basemen. I'm not saying that on April 18th, we have to decide on a lineup right now because the Giants certainly win moving players around, but there has to be some consistency. And yesterday, Bobby Bradley, I don't know what he was doing at first base. The ball got caught in his webbing. That was a double play. That would have been a 3-6-1 double play. Uh, instead, they get no outs. And then they have a 6-4-3 double play. And Miller's throw is a little low, but if you're Bobby Bradley, you've got to catch that ball. And he's, you know, he never plays anymore because he can't hit. So... I don't know what to tell you. I mean, we're still figuring this out, and now you've got the Yankees coming up and the White Sox. It's not going to get any easier. Well, if you, I don't know if you noticed this, but the Yankees, I think they went 25 straight innings against Baltimore this weekend without scoring. Did you see that? Well, they, they always seem to wake up against us. Oh, always. I mean, i got to believe they have the best record of any uh, opposing team at Progressive Field in the history of the stadium. Uh, going back to the Giants for a second, Friday night, home opener, a lot of energy in that building, and I'm thinking this is going to work out great. And then I, after the hot streak, and then I saw who the starting pitcher was going to be. Carlos Rodon, over the last basically three seasons since he's come back from his injury, has completely dominated this team, and he looked unhittable oh, yeah. on Friday. Oh yeah. Sometimes you got to tip your cap to the pitcher and say. You know, he just dominated us, and that was it. And I think this is one of those instances. He was throwing literally 98 and painting corners. It was really impressive. It was. I don't, it think, was. Any, I don't think any team was hitting him Friday night. But the Saturday and Sunday were Dee Slafani and Alex Wood. I mean, they're fine, but, I, you know, I, I don't know. As for, you know, you brought up Bobby Bradley. You know, I had, uh, I had heard from some people that, Bobby's uh, days are numbered here. And when Owen Miller has been riding this hot streak and you saw all week Tito was playing him at first base the majority of the time, then Naylor gets activated and Naylor goes to first base. And Bobby got one start. It was Sunday against the lefty. And it was almost like a token, hey, you need bats, I'm going to put you out there. But it was against the lefty, who Bobby is not really great against. So, you know, Bobby had a really tough spring. You're going to have to reduce this roster, by the way. I don't know if people know this or not, but right now they're carrying 28 guys. On May 1st, it goes down to 26. So two people are going to have to go. Most likely, it's going to be one pitcher and either, you know, Yuteng is now on the list. I don't think he's going anywhere. But I got to believe it's going to probably be one pitcher and Bobby Bradley on May 1st. I just don't know how you keep him around. If you're going to play Owen Miller regularly, First base is probably going to be the majority of his rotation. If you're going to, you know, and then you got Josh Naylor in there, and he's probably going to play some first and play some outfield because you're trying to mix and match. And I just, listen, he's a great, great dude. I've always rooted for him, but he's never corrected his strikeout problem. He's a below average defender. And uh, unless he's going to hit 35 homers, which. I don't know if he's going to get the advance to do it. I don't know if he's earned the, the, the right to do it, but this smells to me like a Jake Bauer situation. They kept him around because he was out of options, and it's eventually going to work itself out. I don't know. I don't either, I, and he's not the only one. I mean, well, Bobby Bradley, yeah, 
doesn't play an, an entire week, and then you put him out there against the left-hander. It's almost like you're setting him up for failure. And he actually had a base hit yesterday, but any time a lefty had been on the hill in the Kansas City or Cincinnati, and he didn't play in the Cincinnati games, but in that Royals series, he was pinch hit for. And it's the same thing with Andres Jimenez, who also has been sort of relegated to righty-only at bats. Uh, and he came up with some big hits, including the home run in Cincinnati early in the week. But they really this this first month, and it may end up being two months. This really is a a test run for a lot of these guys. And and so far, Owen Miller has passed the test. He's been fantastic so far. He's hitting the ball really hard, and he's like a doubles machine. And this is what they were hoping. But again, okay, you got to play Owen every day. He's been hot. That's great. But where do you play him? Do you play him at first? Do you play him at second? You got to give some guys a day off. Yesterday, Clement played third. You know, Jimenez has played second. Chang has played second, like we said. Naylor, you want to get him back. You want to see what you have in him. He's still a young guy. But is he a right fielder or is he a first baseman? I mean, the, the, Ahmed Rosario should not be playing shortstop. I, you know, I know I'm a broken record. You know, this is like saying Saturday Night Live isn't funny anymore. It's not. It hasn't been for years. <laughs> the same thing with Ahmed. I mean, he's just not a shortstop. Now, the double clutch the other day, um, that wasn't his fault. But, you know, this team, give, giving other teams extra outs, he's the king of it. He just is not a shortstop. But you have to have his bat in the lineup because we don't have – we're not exactly the 27 Yankees. So, I don't know. The, 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 I, I just want to finish April at 500. If we could finish April at 500, that'd be a, a, a victory for oh. me because – this is a mix and match every single day, every day. Oh yeah, and every you know, I, I, I listen. I understand what Tito's trying to do, and then, like we said many times, this is this is the play of the kids here, and they're they're doing it, um, and they have to. And the thing the thing about Rosario is, they moved him down th- this week after the second game. Juan went up to the two hole, and Ahmed went behind uh, Franville Reyes in fifth. Which really, and, and Owen Miller bat six, it really helped lengthen the lineup because Quan was giving you the on base and he had the one, two, three with, you know, Miles Straw, Quan, and J Ram, who just work the counts and it's great. And Ahmed, Ahmed was hitting pretty well. I mean, he's going the other way. I like, I said this the other day, but I really like the Chris Maleka uh, approach. It seems things have changed a little bit uh, to the Van Bo era. Your boy. Oh God. Um, yeah. So it's just it's it's a it's a very interesting situation that they have because they really don't know who's going to play you know in what position where. But I, you said it to me many times. Right now, Ahmed's best spot is DH, but obviously Fran Meal's playing DH, although he played right field uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday. So here's what what's uh, interesting about uh, Ahmed is that you really need him. But he's probably your best trade asset, too. You still got, you know, Gabriel Arias, who I saw hit a couple monster shots this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's on the come. Ahmed, Ahmed you know, the, the Ahmed to left field experiment was one game. It's like, we're going to play him in left field. And now he's played, he played one game. The wind was bad. He dropped the fly ball, and they scrapped it. It's like last year when they put him in center field. They're like, we're going to play him in center. And then he played about what, like maybe two weeks worth of games, tops? There, there's no... Like, yeah, there, he's going to go back. There are, no, there are no bigger fans of this organization than you and me, okay? Correct. But this organization's handling of Ahmed Rosario and where to put him 
is right up there with some of the all-time buffoonish moves I've ever seen. Like, I love Antonetti and Chernoff and Tito, but what is this? Like, <laughs> one game. He's played one game in the outfield. And now it he's right. And I know it was windy and, and Tito took blame for it, but this is ridiculous. Why wasn't he in left yesterday? Seriously. Yeah. Why wasn't he in left I yesterday? Agree. Give him a chance. Like, what? <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't get it. Because I'm telling you, shortstop is such a premium position. You have got to get outs at shortstop. You've got to be able to make plays. How many ground balls get up the middle? Because he's got no he's got he yeah, he's got foot speed. Ahmed can run. Nobody can run around the bases like him. But as far as lateral movement and and and, and all this stuff that they teach shortstops and shuffling the feet, his footwork is horrible at shortstop. Well here's what here's what makes no sense also. Andre Jimenez is a stud with the glove and is a natural shortstop. You moved him to second. He, Ahmed should have been the one learning how to play second, right? I mean, if you were going to move one of those two guys off the shorts, if one of those two guys was, was going to move to second, it shouldn't be the guy who's a superior defender, in my opinion. I mean, I'm a, I, you know, I know you're a big Jimenez fan, and I think he's good too. Maybe they moved him to second because they're like, Arias is, is ticketed for short. You know, and, and that's who they want to have it short second in the future. I still think Ahmed will, if, if this team is not in contention, Ahmed will be traded sometime this summer. Well, here's, because... the, here's, the, here's the problem. It, let's say Josh Naylor starts hitting, okay? But he's a butcher in right field. The, the guy's leg shattered in 17 places in right field last year. And so maybe he's scared as hell to go out there. I don't know. But then you're like, but then you got to put him at first. Okay, but then if Jimenez is your second baseman and Arias is your shortstop, where are you putting all these other people? <laughs> you know, you're right. I'm at, I think. Right. We t- exactly. We keep talking about it. It's hard. It is I hard. Don't I don't think they know either. But unfortunately, as the season goes on, you've got to, when you get into June and July, these guys have got to wake up heading to the ballpark, knowing where they're playing. You, right now is one thing to throw them all in there. A lot of teams are having to scramble because of injuries. Uh, the unnamed team, um, uh, the Braves. Uh, oh, yeah. The Braves have injuries with Acuna. Um, there's other, you know, the Twins. So there's t- the Twins have injuries. Buxton got hurt for the 500th time. So, like, there's teams that are scrambling, too. We're not the only ones. But once you get into the summer and well, these guys have got to have some consistency. That's what baseball, you know, it's a game of habit, man. If Owen Miller's waking up every day going to my playing first, my playing second, where am I playing? He's not going to keep up hitting 500 doing this. It's you, we got to find a spot for these guys. I'm all for platooning I once think, in a while, but. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that, like, the core is there. You know, the, the top, you know, with, I, I don't know where Ahmed's playing, but in terms of the lineup, the core is actually there, you know, with Straw's going to play every day. Quan should be playing every day. Obviously, Jay Ram, Fran Reyes, Owen Miller, and Ahmed. I think those guys should be in there every day no matter what. Jimenez is probably should be in there every day too. And then, you know, you leave the platooning around to first base with, you know, you're moving things around. Maybe it's, it's kind of like Jimenez is the odd man out, but – Everybody kind of rotates around, and Oscar Mercado will platoon and, and should should play against lefties. I still maintain he should play against lefties only. He shouldn't be out there against righties. But against a lefty, absolutely, I got no problem with him being out there. 
So no, I, think, I, I don't. I, I don't. Really, e- I don't it's either. Really Eleven guys. You know what I mean? I don't. E- I don't either. But I would just. You know, that's the one thing that's been nice about Stephen Kwan. And by the way, get your King Kwan T-shirt at breakingt.com/dairy. Uh, go to the website. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Stephen Kwan, it's just been nice to now know that you're going to have somebody, whether it's a lefty or a righty, that's going to battle pitchers, that's going to give you good at-bats, and it's going to play every day in the outfield. Because platooning in right, platooning in left, platooning in second, platooning at first, it, it just it's a lot for to ask of all these guys and young guys at that. Um, but, you know, it's just... <laughs> I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing that they scored 47 runs in four games and we think, oh, this offense has been unlocked, and then they go right back to the to yeah. the doldrums over the weekend. I mean, they just – and Fran Mill Reyes, you touched on it before, Todd. I mean, the guy's OPS right now is 321. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that's on-base percentage plus slugging. I mean, it's, he's hitting 150 with – Two RBIs in a, in a week and a half, and what, he's got he's te- he's got to wake up. What did I text you in the executive producer yesterday? He's got to wake up. I said someone should alert Fran Meal that the season has started. Yeah, he will. I'm not worried about yeah. him. I mean, he's going to be. I know he's very streaky too. You remember last year? He was a couple weeks he he'd be ice cold like this, and then he'd get locked into a ridiculous skid where he was just hitting homers and doubles like. You know, every day. So I'm not worried about him either. And it's and again, we're still short a couple of weeks of spring training. The pitching is usually ahead of the, ahead of the hitting. Maybe the bats will get uh, will heat up when it warms up. Uh, Lynn, yeah, that's a good bit. Sure. Oh yeah. No, but, yeah. Uh, but real quick, I, I wanted to change topics into the pitching side of it. You know, uh, Aaron Savali pitched yesterday and got lit up a little bit by the Giants. Are you at all concerned? I mean, I know we've discussed with him. He's, you know, he doesn't throw hard. He's, a, he's all about painting and hitting his spots. But man, he's got a little Josh Tomlin in him with that home run ball uh, issue. I, I feel like every time he starts, you know, someone's hitting one deep, if not a couple. Yeah, you know, twenty twenty, he kept the ball in the ballpark, and you're like, oh my gosh, we've got something. And then they kind of re. <clears throat> they they rediagrammed his his um, his release point last year, and he got up to a good start. Then he got hurt. Then after he got hurt, he came back and he wasn't the same. And then yesterday, you're right. You know, there, he he looked good on a lot of uh, with a lot of batters in terms of uh, using his breaking ball, and it was almost at, at guys' feet. And they're swinging at it, and then out of nowhere, Flores hits a ball off the wall, 
And then Estrada hits it over the wall. You're like, wait a minute, that he was dominating the first inning and you know in two thirds, and then two outs, bang bang, right back, you know, uh, back to back. I mean, I'm not ready to call him Josh Tomlin just yet. I think it's still early, but he's not been the same guy since the injury last year. Yes, you're right about that. Yeah, he's. You know, it's interesting because I, I feel like he's the one starter who has me the most concerned. You know, he has the. I don't think he has the best. Uh, you know, the, well, I don't know between him and Plesac, I probably have the lowest ceiling. I guess you could say highest floor, lowest ceiling. You know, Mackenzie's got. You know, Mackenzie's. I love him. I think he's got tremendous upside. Obviously, Bieber's a Cy Young uh, guy, and you, you know how I feel about Cal. I mean, I know that's your boy, but Cal just battles, man. I love him, and you know he got into a little Cal got into a little trouble the other night. But again, these guys are still only throwing like eighty pitches max, and with all the guys they have in the pen, they're trying to do some piggybacking. And uh, you know, Eli Morgan, other than yesterday, you know he's pitched a couple times and looked good. Yesterday was kind of a throwaway. Uh, and they're going to have it. And obviously, you know, we, Pilkington had, had a decent, you know, yesterday pitched an inning, looked decent. You're still mixing and matching uh, with, you know, and not letting those stars get too long. So, again, I'm, it's so early, so I don't like getting, you know, all bets out of shape about this. It, you got to give it at least. It is early. You got to give it at least 60 days, at least. No. Two it, fingers on every hand. <laughs> least no it, it's true and and i mean you know just to reset dairy brothers guardians cast uh cleveland four and five to uh start the season um new week here with a white Sox coming in for four and then right to the bronx for a weekend series with the yankees so not going to be very easy we got uh king of the pitching matchups will be here to uh, give you the uh the rundown for the week and <clears throat> but like you said i mean <clears throat> there's the Giants, you just watch, you watch the Giants this weekend, uh, and you go, how do they win? You know? And, man, they just they catch everything. They make every play. They pitch well. It's not, and, they, and they do timely hitting. It's like old school baseball watching them play. But that's what's got to happen. That's the blueprint for us. That is the blueprint the Guardians have to do. Timely hitting, good defense, that helps your pitching. And, you know, they had a really solid pen all weekend, too. And didn't have much, uh, not a lot of resistance yesterday, obviously. But, uh, you know, Saturday's game could have gone either way. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Like you said earlier, this team is not, you know, it, it, obviously we know it's not like a World Series type team. But if you're going to compete for that last wild card spot, you got to beat the teams that are bad. So you, you, you beat up, you know, you, you split with the Royals. You took two from the Reds. You know, this week's going to be tough with the White Sox and the Yankees, but you got to make hay against those bad teams. Uh, I don't know about the unnamed team. I, I uh, uh, you know, I know I know they got some, some injuries and in, in they're banged up in their rotation, but, uh, you know, the division's not looking that great either, by the way. I think starting off, the Twins are... You know, well, Correa Corre- and Correa has done nothing so far, other than that one homer. Yeah, he yeah, he's really got like he, he's he's struggled out of the gate, but it's freezing. Sunny, yes, Sunny Gray was put on the injured list, so oh, it's you know it's not like other than the White Sox, it's not like anyone else in this division is is really that scary. So, uh, 
It's so it's it is so early. It's great to have baseball. It's great to watch the games, but you just you even saw yesterday half the guys were bundled up with ski masks on and over their face, and it's like, look, the Gi- obviously both teams have to play in it, but the Giants looked more prepared, and <clears throat> they were the ones that made less mistakes. And like I said, I mean, Jose throwing the ball away was so costly on opening night. I mean, it made no sense. And then the Saturday errors, and then yesterday, ball gets caught in Bradley's glove, and he can't even get it out. Like, it was stuck. <laughs> And uh, you know, Quan drops a pop fly in Kansas City. I mean, there were there were this team has made too many defensive gaffes, and even Tito said after the game yesterday, our defense has got to be better. But again, when you have a young team and you're moving all these guys around, it's going to happen. But uh, you also, we could talk about defense till you're blue in the face. When you score four runs all weekend, you're not going to beat a lot of you're not, you're not going to beat a lot of teams, including uh, you know Orange High School yes. for that matter. That's a very good point. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so I got to ask you the rest of the week. Oh, wait, no, go ahead. I got to ask, ask you about the so the Jose oppressor. Did you like that they did that on the opening day, like that day, or would you have waited and done it another time? Uh, sure. You know what? They were just trying to cap- capture all the excitement at once. I I had no problem with it. You know, I I'm always leery of when Paul Dolan speaks, um, but uh, he kept it short. Well, good. I'm sure they told him keep it short this isn't about you you know i was worried that he was you know i did see one quote i read in an article that said something like he said something to the effect of you know he took a hometown discount to stay here because this is his home and he's very loyal to the franchise yada 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 and he's like and we just you know we just can't do that here in our market you know i don't want to hear that from you (laughs) i don't you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear it, period, especially not from the guy who's let every free agent walk out the door. It's just it's just dumb. Like, you should know not to say something like that. And I don't like shitting on Paul Dolan all the time because by every account, he's a wonderful man to work for, and he's a very loyal guy, and he really, you know, in the end, he, he's doing everything he can from a sales standpoint to keep this team in the city of Cleveland. So Terry Pluto had some interesting stuff on that. I think it was last weekend about how, you know, we all just assume that the blitzer thing is at the two yard line, but it's still a little, still a little ways off. So uh, in the end, Jose Ramirez is, is extended. Miles Straw is extended. Emmanuel Classe is extended. So, you know, they, they did the right thing. And, uh, you know, Sooner rather than later, hopefully the team is sold, and we don't have to have these conversations. About no, it. you're right, but I, I I have no issue with them doing that opening day. I thought it was smart. They they kind of waited. Uh, they wanted to build up some excitement, but again, and I think Jeremy pointed this out on the text thread, just so typical of us to come home, try to build a buzz, and the team can't score runs. You know, Friday exactly. night, Friday night, you got the basketball team playing playing down, uh, across the street, and they choked. Let's call. Everybody can go, oh, what a great year for the Cavs. Love my Cavs. Cavs Nation. Y'all choked. I don't care about injuries. Uh, that's a choke job of epic proportions when you were like third in the East a month ago. So don't give me that. You choked. Now, do they have a bright future? Absolutely they do. With that being said, where was I? Oh, yeah, so I enjoyed that. Um, you know, you, but you have them playing at the same time. They still filled the baseball stadium, so that was cool to see. But they couldn't score. They couldn't. You know, it's like well, you yeah. have one one Owen Miller, one Owen Miller double in six innings. 
you and I talk about this every year. The op- open home opener is your one chance to get those eyeballs that you don't get. I swear we've ha- I said this on the the opening day uh, podcast the last four years. That's your one chance to get the maximum amount of eyeballs in that stadium. And unfortunately, and again, I come back to Carlos Rodon. If someone else was starting, I don't know if that game goes the way it goes, but. I you just didn't capture. You didn't, you didn't. You didn't get the chance to no. do what you needed to do in front of the fans. You know, you you go out there and you score ten runs on opening day. I bet. I bet you're selling way more tickets for Saturday and Sunday than you did. Yeah, and, and again, it was and it was cold and everything else. And I and I'll say this: I just remember that Friday night fireworks night in 2016 when Jose hit the homer to tie it, and Naquin hit the inside the park home run to win it. Yep, and that. That was in front of a full house because it was a Friday night fireworks night. And it was like that just built momentum for such a long time. And, look, that team was special. We know they were a win away and everything but uh, from winning the whole thing. But those – those you're right. Every single time it seems like, oh, dollar dog night. Well, you'll text me, hey, I'm here. There's like 35,000 here. It's almost like a guarantee we score one run and don't do anything. And then the next day it's a Saturday game in front of 12,000 and we score 11. It always just seems to work that way. But uh, – all right, let's take a look. Uh, let's take a look. Let's take a look at. Uh, well, then, let's take a look. <laughs> let's take a look at the pitching matchups. Uh, we got. Well, I I don't even know the game times anymore. Like yesterday was one forty. Uh, the other day was six ten. I believe it's six ten tonight. Six ten. It's six ten this week night for night games at home. Yes. And then Thursday is one ten. Yes. Uh, that's the uh, Harvey Kotler special. <laughs> in, 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 that's a, that's a nice plug. Group and he, well, no, Harvey's the man. He takes all. He loves those afternoon games. All right, that's a good plug. Uh, Shane Bieber against Dallas Keuchel tonight as the White Sox come in uh, off a loss yesterday to the Rays. They're a little bit banged up. Lance Lynn is hurt, um, and they're missing one other pitcher. It'll come to me. Uh, Tuesday, Tristan McKenzie against Jimmy Lambert, who is now in their rotation due to the injuries. Uh, Dylan Cease, who's been their best pitcher on Wednesday against Zach Plesac, and then Thursday afternoon, Cal Quantrill against the great Michael Kopech, who is supposed Giolito to... is, is the one who's hurt. That's right. Giolito and Lynn are both out at the moment. Yes. Uh, they've got Vince Velasquez as their fifth starter right now, but he pitched really? uh, He pitched yesterday oh and, got, and got lit up. Yes. I had that guy on my fantasy team like three years <laughs> ago. Oh, yeah. The Phillies. <clears throat> yeah. A long time he ago. The, he, was, he was a hot prospect at one point. And then uh, the, the Guardians head to New York, <clears throat> only in New York. New York. Friday, uh, Friday night, uh, Aaron Savali against uh, Jamison Tyon. I know you're a big fan. That guy sucks. Saturday afternoon, yeah. Shane Bieber against uh, Nestor Cortez. <clears throat> Have you seen his numbers, the first two starts? That throat, dude. You okay there? <clears throat> I don't know what's going on. I'm losing my voice in the middle of the pot. I did. Nestor Cortez, I, th- I think he had an immaculate inning this week. He did. did. Against, yeah. Interesting. I'm having Maybe some water. Yeah, get, get, get some water. I'll, I'll fill some time. And then Sunday, uh, Garrett Cole against uh, Tristan McKenzie. So that's uh, well, Sunday afternoon. That'll be that'll be a good one. Hopefully uh, our, our man Seth Forrest will be down there with uh, his kids. And uh, I know he's a big Yankee fan. He loves uh, he loves cheering for our boys as well. Did you Shout watch Did you watch Quan on the uh, K Rod telecast last night? I did not. 
It was really good. You should go back and watch I, it. I don't know if you can. I mean, I, I, I DVR'd it. It was good. It was really good. I wasn't home. I, I would have liked to have seen it, but I can say this. The, I, I can't see myself ever turning on the K-Rod No, it was, it was horrible, but the part with Stephen Kwan, they asked good questions. Um I didn't let, you know, Quan was talking about I was a Giants fan growing up, and he had all these West Coast players that he idolized. And A-Rod's like, what about on the East Coast? And he's like, yeah. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah, or even what? It was either Kay or, or Alex. such a douche. It's, oh. it's bad. But they were good with Quan, and, and Steven is such a good talker. And, uh, yeah, he really is. He's, he's great. He's fun to, he's fun to listen to. I see him. Yeah, he's been great. <laughs> but I give Tito a lot of credit. You get it. You had to give him a day off yesterday because I'm sure the whole week has been a whirlwind. The guy's done every interview. He's been on MLB Network. Oh, yeah. He's been everywhere. So, All right, that'll do it. Uh, Todd Save Travels, Dairy Brothers Guardians cast for another week. Hopefully the fellas can get the bats going here against the uh, White Sox this week and then against the Yankees. We are uh, brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Evergreen Podcast Network, and, of course, BreakingT.com. T-shirts, go to breakingt.com slash dairy, get the new Jose shirt, and also the new Stephen Kwan shirt. We're out of room and out of here. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.